Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. Uh, before we get to our guest today, we want to, um, well, first of all, uh, we're recording this intro separately. Uh, yeah, because... we're coming to you from a different time period than the time which the conversation happened at. And which is actually handy because the subject of this episode um did an all your faves are problematic pulled a, a real life all your faves are problematic she just week. walked right out there so, and became she proved it she sure did yeah so we just want to make sure you know that this episode was recorded before davina mccall said the things that davina mccall said and because obviously if she had if we would have mentioned it on the episode. Absolutely. If, if There's so much so. fond chat in this episode about yeah. that culture, all viewed through the gaze of nostalgia. However, McCall this week in particular um, just was bang out of order, as I suppose she'd say herself. So, yeah. Um, so we just didn't want you to think we were avoiding it. So, um, absolutely. Heads up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so before that, we want to talk about another podcast, uh, which is Against Everyone with Connor Habib, which uh, if you remember, Connor was on our show back in the summer where he talked about Hellraiser and Clive Barker and stuff with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great episode. And we just want more people to listen to Connor's podcast because it's the smartest podcast in the world maybe i don't know i'm, I'm not down. smart but i enjoy listening to it and like get feeling lost in it so it makes I like me it. feel smarter as a person who mm-hmm. has guested on it in the past my favorite thing about connor is that he absolutely does not engage in small talk of any description mm-hmm. and the way that he asks people questions about their work is so full of integrity and genuine interest there's none of this how did you where do you get your ideas like absolutely not go straight to the heart of things so what we're doing here at juvenile is a bit of an ad swap with connor because this is how we reach each other's audiences. This is how we widen the conversation about the things that we want to listen to. So you will somewhere in Connor's episodes find him talking about us and here's us talking about him because for us, Irish podcasting is a, it's a family, do you know? Like a big, complicated, weird family where um, the only way for us to find each other is to talk about each other, I think. So mm. that's uh, what we've, we're doing in tag teams. So um, the episode that I was on, which you, know, you should listen to it if you enjoy me being a head, wreck the head. But mm. there's a bunch of episodes that feature Irish writers um, where Connor talks to them in such immense detail um, about the different things they do, but not just about their craft or their work, more about, I guess it's an ideas podcast, Alan. Oh, totally. He Connor has a very specific set of interests and they're a really unusual set of interests. Mm. And to see all the topics filtered through this occultist leftist thing i'm Abolitionist. I'm, doing, I'm doing i'm doing connor disservice by trying to encapsulate his thought and you ideology but, an iconoclast. Um, yeah <laughs> yeah it's a really really interesting way of seeing the world it's the only podcast that i find myself pausing it all the time to go what do i think of that yeah you know where i'm like yeah. this is a new idea to me i'm going to stop and think about it before i press play and continue on with it uh like his episode with uh, mona el tahawi Oh, wow, yeah. It was, I mean, it was back in August. So it was around when he was on our show, actually. Uh, And around when lockdown was lifting for the first time here. And it was a little bit about that. And also about feminism. And also about, Mona said something really interesting, that if your community is ready for you, then you're too late. Which I have found so interesting. Oh. And it's just, that's like five minutes of like a two-hour episode. And it's full of just... No flow. Mind blowers like that. All yeah. reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I love the episode um, where he talks to Kelly Link um, because she's one of my writing heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like I, I, I think he's brilliant at talking to science fiction writers because of his own interests and studies in the occult. So he doesn't patronize science fiction writers in any capacity. Mm. He's speaking to them with very much a a respect for the subject matter as well as a respect for the sort of weirder things in the world which inform that kind of writing, you know? So the conversations are never like, um, like I said, never just skin level. It goes right down to the bone. The Irish writers that he's talked to are like really broad in terms of what they cover as well. Like he said, talk to Kevin Barry, like get those two minds in a room, Jesus. Um, Una Mullally, who um, I feel like we saw Una giving a talk at like a headstone lecture a bunch of years ago and she was the first person I ever heard say the words Cambridge Analytica out loud. Mm. Like way before all that shit kicked off. Yeah. Oh, she did a lecture about the blue jumper from Devil Wears Prada that was kind of tied into that, wasn't that it? That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. So, mm. um, uh, yeah, so there's that one. And uh, he also talks to Caelan Hogan, who does, he wrote The Republic, Republic of Shame and also does incredible work around, um, I guess, women's rights and historical women's rights in Ireland mm. and like holding the church accountable for the different atrocities that it has committed and continues to <laughs> commit on this <laughs> island. Um and he's also talked to Mark O'Connell about the apocalypse, who Mark O'Connell has the kind of uh, interesting position of being a sort of apocalypse expert during the apocalypse. So uh, those are two good brains to be in the same room together as well. In terms of my own heroes as well, um, Connor's talked to Maggie Nelson, who's written some of my favourite work. Um, she wrote a book called Bluets, which is this collection of, um, I guess, uh, fragments about the colour blue, which sounds really airy-fairy, but it absolutely isn't. <laughs> is truly not um so they have some great chats there and uh in terms of nostalgia and things that we appropriate to this podcast yeah um connor has also had a conversation very recently with a woman called rachel true who played rochelle in the craft which is like are you serious that was a big comment. It was a tarot as well. So double yeah, her interest deck for un- a lot of juvenilia fans, I would say. Her deck is unbelievable. Connor gave me a test reading on it before he went to interview her. And I was just like, what the fuck is this deck? It's absolutely gorgeous. So uh, if that sort of thing, if nostalgia and the occult is your vibe, that is probably an episode for you to go and listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's not talking about these things in sort of topical magazine terms it's talking about them with a great deal of integrity um connor is a patreon and uh every so often at the beginning of lockdown he was actually holding these like weekly chats where he would go online and host these sort of salons with different people and uh the chat would be going there was they were really densely populated um like a couple of hundred people in there watching and chatting away. And I, I went on a couple of times to do different tarot readings. At the very beginning of the pandemic, I went on to pull some cards for 2020. And the outcomes were, um, as you can imagine, extremely dramatic. Like, I was just like, would you not just give me like the star or the three of cups? I turned over a card like live on stream. and was like, that is literally the devil. That is the devil card. <laughs> one chance in 78 and here we go you know so um he does a lot of really interesting stuff in his patreon it doesn't just sort of exist there it's he's very active there and the kind of work that he puts out on it is um really community-based and really engaging um like a like a community not in the sort of passive online way a community in the let's all come and hang out together in a chat every few weeks and look at the world kind of way um so i think it's a great 
it's a great spot and again i love going on and talking on it myself so again if you're interested in the wider stuff the juvenilia does and the convergence of worlds um that would be a good place to go and have a look so back to this podcast though and our guest today is she's from the telly it's Marin o'connell welcome to the show hello it's so lovely to be here finally fan of the show so thank you for having me we're a fan of you so thank you for doing it um i had never heard of your topic before i'm not sure how i missed it but i am obsessed with it now so thank you so much for introducing it so please introduce to everybody else tell us what it is well when we were first meant to do this it was we were meant Mm -hmm. to do this pandemic time we didn't know the pandemic was going to it was supposed to be our live 100 episode. Oh my God. Yeah. And wow. at that stage, no one had done Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. So I was shouting and Alan was like, brilliant, great. And then of course, pandemic Sweet. went. Yeah. So when he talked and everything I'm obsessed with, of course, because you are who you are and you talk to brilliant people, it's things I've loved. And then it just popped into my head. What I wanted to talk about is a seminal dating show from the 90s. It's called Street Mate. With Davina McCall. Yeah. <laughs> now, I see that's the thing. It's not the sort of thing that you watch in a box set like Buffy mm. or like Dawson's Creek or Eeyore or anything like that. I, I had to reacquaint myself with this when you decided to let me come on this podcast. But I did love it when it was out. The basic premise is Davina McCall, the goddess that she is, goes out into the street of any town in the UK and Ireland grabs people off the street and says, right, pick someone there. I'll go up, ask them to go out on a date, set them up on a date. They pay for it. Just one night out to a local restaurant. That's all these people are getting. And that's it. That's the whole premise of this beautiful show. It's Will You Shift My Friend TV show. 100%. The boys are on one side of the GAA disco. The girls are on the other (laughs) side of the GAA disco. And Davina's the only one who can be the Moses and cross the divide. That's it. Davina McCall is amazing in this show. What a perfect person for that job. She is phased by absolutely nothing. She, If she just do a big face, if something, she doesn't know what to say. Like, I would absolutely has, you know, follow Davina her into faces. hell, let alone yeah. across the street to shift somebody. <laughs> like, she's just so, she has big mischief energy, I feel like. She's very yes. kind of mischievous, but um, not in a kind of a, like, not in a mean way or something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. She's See, the thing about this, it's not like discussing, you know, the the deeper le- layers of Buffy and the metaphors that are there for womanhood and becoming a woman and transferring from a child and, and period and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing like this. It's just shift. And if someone shags, mm. this is going to be so... There are no layers to this. It was the sort of <laughs> Ladette culture. Remember how big that was in the yeah. 90s? And it was lads and it was Zoe Ball and Sarah Cox. Wow, yeah. Davina had this crazy backstory because Davina had been a heroin addict and she, you know, she was running away from her problems with her mother when she was in her mm. early 20s. And then the MTV came along and she just grabbed everything by the balls because she was like, I've been at my lowest ebb. So it was like she was this refreshing person on television that she honestly didn't give a crap. Now, the stuff that she did, you can't get away with now because it's talking tits, ass, boobs, what's going on. And Davina... Ladette culture disappeared very, very quickly with Mm. the age of the internet as well. It's the kind of thing that you simply... It it needed to be sort of ephemeral. It needed to just be said and disappeared because it it nearly doesn't... Like like with Buffy, it doesn't warrant that kind of... Um, oh. pulling apart it's like mm. that was it's a slice of life thing you know 
Yeah. Oh, it's it's so pre-internet. It's like you know the way that there's that tweet like Ben Affleck has a face that has that knows how to use cell phones, so you can't cast him in old stuff. Yeah. Everybody in Streetmate has never sent a text, and you can tell it's ninety. It's ninety eight to two thousand one. So a finished film probably about two thousand. Yeah. I would say so ninety eight to um, two thousand and one, and in it's a perfect time capsule of that era. In season one, there is in the first series there is a woman saying, "Oh no, he sent me a text." Do you know what those oh, yeah. are? You can send, you know, where you get. She's explaining to Davina what a text is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Davina's like, yeah, I know. But that's how we got in contact. And she was judging him for having sent her a text and not having called her. Mm-hmm. And wow. this was a fascinating date because I can't remember what episode it is. It's in series one. But the woman who was going out on the date, she was like a receptionist, but also a model and actress, you know, London model and actresses. Mm. She's only gone and become a proper actress. She's in like Mrs. Selfridge and Bridgerton and stuff now. Good woman. That's yeah. amazing. Joanna. Oh, I got I went down a I went down an absolute rabbit hole of her. Jo Joanna Bobbin is her name. Oh, and nice. she's a proper person now. I was so happy that mm. that happened for her. But the thing is, when someone's saying something to Davina, because it's all pedal pushers, guys, the first season, it is so 90s. It's the most yeah. 90s thing I've ever seen in my entire the life. The children who are bringing back 90s, late 90s, early 90s fashion at the moment, which is extremely distressing to me at all costs, mm-hmm. wouldn't be caught in the pedal pusher. They don't know. No. They weren't there. They they don't know. No. But Davina makes it look so good. And then there would be like Davina. Wow. And at one stage, someone's like a lad says to her, it talks about her ass. And for some reason, you know, now I'd be like, you dick. Mm. Mm. Davina's reaction just makes me go, this woman can do whatever the hell she wants. Because she wasn't offended. She wasn't pissed off. She didn't feel like she was a sexual object. She was just having a laugh. But she made it her own. And there was something so warming to like 14-year-old me of going, this woman doesn't give a crap. She's just having fun. Like watching something like that. You hadn't seen it because it was all like blind dates and all this kind of stuff. This was And blind date was so ceremonial, right? Where you sort of yes. had this really ritualistic Scylla is about to in you know, like there's a wall between you and there's all this it's very um lots of pomp and circumstance, but like that nice chaotic element of just kind of going over here and there is the it's the antidote to that. It's playful. And I think we've talked a few times here before. We talked about Eurotrash, for example, with um Jen O'Dwyer. There's a there was a kind of a a playfulness which Jean McCall also did voiceovers for yes this is like this mm. is the, the grand high ladette like there are the things Davina McCall's cinematic universe, yeah. <laughs> universe. I had a Davina McCall exercise bike for a while um, <gasps> she has nine DVDs did you know that nine fitness DVDs I'm gonna get I'm, on Wikipedia that's a vibe I, I feel like I could mm. buy some of those I have <laughs> friends who swear by Davina's DVDs yeah. She's 53 now. She still looks amazing. I've seen her on The Mass oh, Singer. She, she looks great. Unreal. It's, and she's yeah. still Unreal. working. She's still kicking it, you know? Mm. But and she, um, thank God she's on The Mass Singer because you just sit there going, thank God for Davina. Because yeah. why, is Rita, <laughs> why is Rita Ora there? Why? Rita Ora. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm being mean. I couldn't, couldn't, we all know. No, but I couldn't sing you one of her songs. <laughs> we I'm all like, know. She's lovely yeah. looking. Good, good on you, Rita. Like, I don't know what why? she's doing. <laughs> could be showing my age but I was just like every time no. I encounter her I'm like what do you do like, what, what do you do every time she comes do? up and pop bitch I'm like someday you're going to get to the bottom of what Rita Ora does and why Look, she I take is. a perfume line at this point do you know <laughs> um, at least I'd be like you know I respect that move gotcha. but with Savina and the Ladette thing like and again she's still working she's still there she's still bringing that particular energy I think that like when you see her kind of letting things roll off her back or not absorbing them I think that's that's good influence. That's not bad influence because it makes you want to be ballsy and tough and like mm. 
not not impenetrable, but like play, it's playful. It's silly. Yeah, I watched nine episodes and I only sort of get shitty with someone once, and it was a shop owner who wouldn't let her. F- she came in to ask the shop owner if she could borrow their employee to do street mate. And the first thing the shop owner said, you can't film in here. She's like, I don't want to film in here. And then they came outside and she's like, the woman's like, as long as you want to film here. She's like, I literally do not want to film yeah. here. I don't want to talk to you for any longer than is necessary. Can we take your person? <laughs> like, yes, Davina, get this person. Let's go. And this was yeah. like season one. No one knew what she was doing. No one knew yes. what this show mm. was, which was the beauty of it. They were like, who is this person running up and down the street? Because she'd really only been on MTV at this stage. Yeah, she had MTV and God's Gift, which was a very late night ITV thing, which if you had a television in your room and insomnia, you knew about, but nobody else knew about. Yeah. God's Gift, it's a show where the audience is all women and there's five guys on stage doing tasks. Oh my God, God, yes. And whoever won got to pick any girl in the audience to go on a date at the end. Yes. Yes. And, oh. and the narrator was Jimmy Savile. So. Whoa. The past. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Is, yeah. Oh, oh. That, mm. that hits you right in, that, that hits you right in the it's, lungs, that does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the person who cast that is going, Jesus Christ. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that was a bit dodged there, wasn't it? But yeah, it was that on MTV. That was it. That was, that so, was where she Big Brother was. 2000 so by yep. season yeah. three, oh my, so for context yeah. that means we didn't have reality tv yet exactly mm. so the thing That's about this the past it is. is that it was it was a continuation of kind of bringing late night channel four because you know the yeah. controller who was there two earlier in the day so street Mate was on at about mm-hmm. 8 30 i think it was but it was all mm. fags it was all like it's so weird to watch season one there's just fags and students smoking Everybody fags. Smokes. Everyone's smoking. Everybody smokes. Everyone's smoking Marlboro Lights because it's the time of Blur <laughs> and Oasis. And mm-hmm. like, that's what's going on. They're all smoking fags. There has been no reality TV. So all of these people are pure innocent. They're so giving of themselves. And no nobody knows how to be on television. Yeah. yeah. But they're yeah. also unfiltered, which I mm. find so refreshing. They're chatting away to Davina about who they are. She kind of gets to, to the bottom of them. Some people... No one gets that reality TV can be a way to get fame because there's no social media. They know they're not going to get clout. They're not going to be getting free stuff because of this. It's going it to airs be shown once, once and it disappears. Yeah, that's it. So they they do this for the fun, for having the crack because it was the mid nineties. It was well nineteen ninety eight, but there was still this high of you know Brit culture and pop culture, and they were all a bit loud and larger. And every time she goes to Manchester, it's brilliant. Every time they go out on a date because Channel Four are paying for it, and Tiger Aspect is paying for it. You should see these it. people going. Will we get this? And it's always the Dom yeah. Perignon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much? How much is this? They ask people, and it's like seventy-five pounds. Seventy-five. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then they start mulling into it, and they get so. The first episode, Alan, you watched the first episode. They mm-hmm. get so twisted and hammered drunk. They often get hammered. Yeah. Hammered. And they, they know because really there was no social media, there's no repercussions for these people. No repercussions. Which is so nice. People will just see them on the street and be like, oh, my God, you shagged that person. Like, because women, you know, there are one night stands on this show. And it shows women having one night stands. Like one of the episodes is, yeah, we checked into a hotel. Oh, yeah, no, we haven't seen it. I didn't want anything else. And to hear women kind of saying that it is a follow on from, you know, the word with Terry Christensen and Danny Bear moving down to down to mm. the daylight culture of being like, yeah, women can have no consequence of sex, too, which Davina brought out. And I think she celebrated mm. like she really did what went on. She was so cheeky and good with it. And there was never judgment mm. that. Yeah. 
it was so much fun, lads. Just fun without yeah. repercussions. Do you think TV can do that again? That's a big question. But do you think that's think so. do you think that's kind of gone into the mist now that social media has uh, tracks our every breath and every yeah. sideways glance? Do you think that that kind of will there be a room for that kind of chaos again? No, anybody with a camera phone, which is everybody, has more media savvy than every single person on Streetmate. Break your heart, like wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, it will never happen again because the one thing you don't want is someone who has done something for the fun of it. Because, like, this is not producers jumping in and telling them what to do or what to say. They very much tell a sad story, but tell us a tell sad story. What's the worst yeah. thing that ever happened to you? Yeah, there's none of that. It's not. Like we expect it. We're so used to the producers on Love Island now. We're like, oh, the producers mm. must have come in and told them to change that conversation or, oh, she's a bit more powdered. Like we're so used to it now that watching Street Mate makes you go, Jesus Christ, they were able to make TV like this before? Because compare it to to Blind Date that was on at the same time. And that was so constructed. Like that was a constructed show as well. But at least um, things like Blind Date let you know it's it's literally staged. You're literally on a stage. Yeah. Scylla is like... And they've all know, applied to be there as opposed to Street Mate where dreams just gone, you. Or even further down the line, like Love Island. Now I dodge Love Island because it, I, I don't know what it is that sits funny with me about it. Because um, I love some reality TV, but others I just... It makes me feel bad about myself. Mm. Um, this is probably a me problem rather than a culture problem. But I, I just sometimes look at it and I'm like, I feel it makes me feel like an alien. Um, but when I look at Love Island, the problem with Love Island is that it's pretending not to be constructed. Now, we know yeah. because we're all grown people who consume and work in media across the board. So we know when someone's been powdered and when there's been a lighting change and when there's obviously been a conversation that's been cut out because we're obviously media fluent if not media literate right a lot of people who simply aren't so the construction the Scylla Black standing at the front of the stage in the gorgeous suit with the gas earrings is gone and the story that we're being told is that this is all happening organically and that's the insidious bit mm. you know Davina up the front being like what's the crack what went on that is kind of more honest do you know mm. than uh people being plied with booze and asked personal questions and put into a, a villa with mm. really sexy people. Because, you know, anytime they do break the format or cheat a bit, they're completely upfront about it and show what there's uh, two episodes of particular. The Cork episode. Yeah. Um, They can't find someone, but she's, they're like, our cameraman thinks you're hot and he's pretty hot. Do you want to go with the cameraman? So she goes out with the cameraman. That's amazing. <laughs> and then they, they like do, then they do all the, like in the, uh, like in the house talking to the cameraman and his friends about the cameraman and the Glasgow episode the yeah. girl that they pick she's like they're walking around she's like mm, there's this guy in this hotel that I think is really cute I never talked to him though so they go to the hotel and he's not working so they get his phone number and ring him and get him to come into town so they can meet him but it's all there there's no shenanigans or like obfuscating that it's like yeah. we're breaking the rules this time so that's fine yeah and they do it when someone doesn't show up on a date they'll be like oh they haven't showed Okay, they're so above, you're so right. They're so above board with it. And the way they don't edit things out, like obviously, so Streetmate came to Ireland. It was in Cork, it was in Limerick, it was in Galway. Was it in Dublin? It was in Dublin, it was in Dublin and yeah. it was in Belfast and Bangor as well. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, when it came to Limerick, I am not joking, guys. By the time it made to my school that Davina McCall had been running around fucking Cruises Street, everyone was like, sorry, what now? 
Okay, everyone get in. Okay, who has a Clio? Jump in. There was, you know, <laughs> 20 kids jumping into someone's Clio going, get into town, get into town. Where is she? What hotel is she staying in? Like, this was such a big deal. It was bigger than when the castings of War of the Buttons happened in Limerick. It was <laughs> huge, guys. It was huge. So it was all these people kind of going, yeah, we were. And at this stage, we're, we're on season three when they're in Limerick. I think season two mm. is Galway. So, um Everyone knows who she is at this stage. So everyone by the start of season episode, season two was kind of like, they know she's like, hi, hi, hi. So she's got this crowd following her around from shop to shop on Cruises Street, just waiting. And this and these poor people that are being set up, they're like, they have to be brought out. And it's like the white smoke has gone up from the Vatican. And it's like, basically, do we have to test to see if he's got ghoulies in front of all of these people? What's going on? But I loved about it because she chose this guy who didn't want to do it. And he worked in River Island. And so she's very on this, this very stylish guy, Colin. River Island in 1998. Sorry. I mean. Oh, that's peak human. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're about in 2000 now, are we? Because it was oh, 2000. 2000. Yeah, three, yeah, yeah, but there's still yeah. a lot of boot cut. We've moved into boot cut jeans and shoes. A lot of mm. boot cut jeans and shoes. Oh, going wow. on. Mm. But also very big cargo pants as well. Yes. Huge like, cargo pants. A lot, of, a lot of shops that have gone out of fashion, like Mambo. Did you notice mm. Mambo was happening yes. a lot during that? My wife noticed everybody was wearing Carhartt in the first season. Carhartt. Especially the Vina. Yeah. A lot of Carhartt. In Ireland, we would mm. have had Hobo, Nope and Sust. Yep. I am mm-hmm. looking for, sorry, shout out. I am looking for a Nope hoodie. The one with the cat. If anybody yeah. at all who's <laughs> listening somewhere in the back of their home, in their attic, I don't care how long it's been there, has a pre-loved vintage uh, no hoodie, please mm. contact me <laughs> because those were hot shit. They were so cool. Do you know that in Ireland you can always get someone from the 90s and noughties their social status by which of the three they go for? Hobo, nope or sussed? Sussed. I'd sussed I was ho- hobo. So, yeah. So you're hobo, Alan. Yeah. You're in the top echelon, you're posh. Yeah. We had a hobo shop in Waterford. Like a, so really? that was why. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you did. You had your, you had your hobo like, shop in Waterford. Before. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. They had my hobo before Limerick had it. My friends brought me in and went, dress Alan, please. Wow. So she did. She dressed me in hobo. Great that, job. That was it. Yeah. My husband oh. to this day still has his hobo long sleeve uh, oh my uh, sweater. God. It's like it's like the grey waffly fabric. <laughs> this is a grown a grown man and it uh, still fits him. And it, the fabric's great. Got to say, fantastic quality in it. I have a pair of hobo. Now they were in the sale because hobo was on top. So Alan, you're on top. You are posh. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. Middle class enough. and sussed. Sorry, but you're poor. Kilbaric massive. Good, good jeans. Real good. That's a, no, no, no. But that's just the way it went. It was as simple as that. I started with sussed, got a job in the local shop and worked uh, my way up to nope. Boom, 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 the boom. Ranks. They were expensive. They were expensive hoodies, you know, like, like, like that's why hobo. I didn't have them. Alan, did you get a discount? Uh, no, I didn't. But like, I did. I. We worked on. Like, I, I had like good job. Um, yeah, from the intro this year. But I had like I had like five hobo things. But they were like my main things. But Jolly, in the in the in that yeah. time, we only had five things. Yeah, <laughs> do you know? <laughs> like you only have five things. <laughs> but those jumpers were like fifty pounds. Wow, it's a lot of money. It was a lot of money. Sost was like twenty five. I and used the to visit. Was like Thirty five. The accessory counterpart to this for me would have been the Buffalo sneakers. Now, not your baby spice platforms, 
I'm already <laughs> a big bitch. I'm very tall. Uh, so there's no way that I was wearing platformers to make myself even taller. Um, but they had these sneakers that uh, from Buffalo, which had flames embroidered on the side of them. Oh, Damn yeah. Nice. And they had yeah. big chunky laces and you get them in pink or blue or red. And they were fully 100 pounds. <laughs> Absolutely. 100 pound. And I never got a pair, but I used to go into the Buffalo shop on Wexford Street and stand there looking at them like a fucking orphan and just, just looking at them. <laughs> that was having my feelings. We used to be like in Limerick, we'd send someone to Dublin and they take a photograph of them. Whoa. <laughs> Showed around the school, lads, you know, just until wacky shoes open. Look at this. <laughs> and they'd also get their boots, uh, cherry plum lip balm. Because again, we didn't have a, we'd have to send people to Dublin. Boots. To, to do, do the sort of stuff to go across the border, but you're right, buffaloes were. Imagine that because with a pair the shape of notes. The jeans. This is what I'm saying. The shape of the jeans, right? Because they were like not like 70s flares, like the children are attempting at this juncture in history. These were like the flare started above your knee. Yeah. These were like a hmm. like full pillars of unnecessary denim. You could fit five legs in there, and our mads would always be like, are "You taking half the street in with you? Are you?" Uh-huh. Thinking, about the water creep up them. Um, now, see, the shoes the, had to be big. The capillary motion, like this oh, was the issue. You were always sopping and had a cold because and you'd Ireland weird, is not built for this. Weird, like su- <laughs> suburb pavement rain stains on the back of your calves <laughs> and you'd be sitting there trying yeah. to get rid of like... like. My main memory of like being 15 Jesus. is like 12 of us just making a cafe spell musty with the amount of water in our jeans <laughs> and the steam gently rising. Bringing in that big trench foot yeah. energy. Big yeah. trench energy. I remember yeah. being around then and talking to my friend, uh, Dermot, and we were both in our giant hobo pants going, I can't imagine ever wearing je- like jeans smaller than these. Imagine going back to like smaller jeans than these. <laughs> Somewhere in London, yeah. Pete Doherty was like, <laughs> yeah. oh really? I resisted. You can't imagine it, like, can like you? <laughs> anything smaller than baggy jeans for so long. I was like, nah, this is not happening. And but no. Very when, did the, when did that smaller jean come back for you? Um, probably after my master's, I would say. When I, was, I, was, I wow. had to get a job, I'm actually work. Wow, you resisted. <laughs> I did, yeah. Well, no, hmm. no. I think like, but when I was in college, Big Ulster says no smaller. energy coming out of Waterford. There, <laughs> wow. Stop. You know what it was? It was my first year in Cork when I was because Cork is the wettest place, and just the pants I wore that February were my last baggy pants because oh. they just were shushed. It's just not Sorry, this is gonna this is it. gonna turn yeah. into UCC versus an NUIG thing. You're it is not wetter than Galway. <laughs> Don't you start. There's there's you, no yeah, place better. It only it's sunny for about ten days in April, and then it's like, ha, you thought then you thought done. it was gonna change. Oh no! Back to this we'll shite. Give you, we'll give you five minutes so that you can make it to the Spanish Arch to open your book fast, but then we're going to piss all over you. So that's just <laughs> can stand under the Spanish Arch, huh? Don't even. Where do you go? <laughs> Well, uh, when did thing. when did skinny jeans start? When did the jeans start to contract for you, Mary? They start, well, you see, the thing is, I do have a pair. Now, uh, granted, they look like they could be something worn in the HSE now, but I kept a pair of hobo boot. Are they bootleg combats? This wow. is not a joke. So they are tight. So tight in the arse, tight all the way down to the knee, and then they go boot yep. cut. Then they go boot cut, guys. They were on sale for twenty eight pounds. Down from like Still. 60. Do you know what I mean? That's huge. So I couldn't yeah. say no. And they were navy and I thought I could get away with wearing them to school. That sort of thing. Um, I refused to throw them out. 
I refuse. They're still there. They're waiting for somewhere in my parents' house. And unless Mary's gotten to them, my mother and she might have. Um, so they started creeping in for me fairly lively. I, I went to the mm. the old boot cut, the boot cut red or dead look as soon as I could. Never had red or deads. That's another rabbit hole we could absolutely go down. But Davina kept in the combat zone the whole mm. way through. Like she was transitioning through to 2001. So things started to get a bit tighter, like bum fitting. But she still kept the kind of combat vibe going the whole way through. With like, and not quite a full crop top, do you know? Oh like yeah, like full crop. Like mm. you might get a strip of flesh, you get but not like flesh. not like the way they they're doing it now. Like just a very very different locale of the flesh strip. It was yes. kind of weirdly lower because she had to be able to run. It was just that strip. It was just like high waisted, and just then you got a little belly button, little peak. Yeah, and she like Alan. She looks good, doesn't she? Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, and she's in her thirties there as well. I thought she was like 22, 23 That I looked it up. Yeah, she's twenty one in season one of that like she's she's so cool and she's wearing like everything yeah. she's wearing in it is what you see the kids wearing now it's like a lot mm. of the stuff like she's wearing all the nike air maxes and the and uh <gasps> some of some of the platform um some of the platform sandals from the summer episodes mm. like i've seen them in like vogue recently asos is trying to convince me to buy a pair of platform sandals and i'm just like you are having a conversation with the wrong person I, ASOS.com. I simply shan't I, I simply willn't wear my confirmation sandals again thank you it's not a, yeah no. like why are you trying to do and then i feel yeah. so guilty about the stuff i haven't kept it's like i'm not buying this twice all these twin sets like just so much stuff that i have photographs of myself wearing as a young teenager and i'm just like that would have could have killed that. But here's totally the big worked. question. What are what is the eyebrow and hair situation like with Davina? Perfect. Like, is it have we is it is it is she got like the short bob? Like, have we got like spidery bar? Like, where is she at? You know? So she goes from long. So she starts I've never season seen her one. With long, hair. long. It looks really good. So she's kind of got long. A lot as well. She's got a lot of plaits. She's got ponytails, but again, it looks good. She's got flowers in the hairs, go-go's. And then it moves up to her final season where it is quite short. It's that Davina cut that we that Yes, the classic with. Davina Bob. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. with Big Brother. So God, she's, she's moved beautiful, that. She? And she's getting the highlights at that stage, the kind of chunky highlights. And she looks so good. Her makeup is pure natural. She's got her tan. And that's another thing from this show. People being so unfiltered, like there's not a bit of Botox. There's not, like there's plenty of bad eyebrows because <sighs> we're talking about the 90s. There's not a bit of Botox. There's not yeah. construction. There's no fake tan. And I, whatever you're into, like absolutely whatever people want to do. But it is kind of so refreshing just seeing people out with their lovely fresh faces and there's no contouring. And I'm talking about men and women and seeing how vain men acted in the 90s, because she really does talk to a lot of lads, doesn't she? The mm. lads from the, you know, they love Depeche Mode. We've no. talked a bit before about the 90s kind of emergence of the metrosexual. And yeah. while that's a very kind of American thing, there is definitely an emergence in like uh, lads who take a bit more care of themselves around that time as well. A bit but more we're peacocking. still deep in Oasis land, right? In, in <laughs> yes, this, like, but there's yeah. a lot of like, I know in Manchester and in a few London episodes, it was like, I need to get my Nicole Farry uh, trousers and I need to pair it with my... Uh, oh God, not the Ted Baker. What am I going to pair it with? And it had to be ironed and it had to look good. And it was always Manchester and London that a lot of that was happening in. Mm. And it, it, you can see they're lads. They want pints. They want to go out. But it's very much, oh, no, no, no. I The way I present myself to the world. 
is incredibly important. And it kind of harked back to me to this this world that we have that, you know, lads are it, it's never been like that. Like when I talk to my parents about my grandparents or great grandparents, like they're they're my dad's granddad was. Oh, no, he was always turned out properly till the day he died. Mm. It was the three piece suit was put on him. So it's it's sort of this culture has always been there. We just kind of don't. Yeah we don't talk about it as much as we should because men do like to be well put together, you know? Yeah, it's just the yeah. expressions of it have changed. So now yeah. it's like the gym body and the tan and stuff. That, that masculinity is really different. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the masculinity that's happening at the minute is fascinating to me. And it's very, like, I, there's a lot of young fellas, like on my on my big long, on my silly little walks, my big long walks, there, you see a lot of teenage boys out at night or in the evenings, not many women, um, but loads of teenage boys. And they are all turned like they're fully wearing goose down jackets, like ankle socks. I did not know what an ankle sock was till I was twenty five. Many an ankle <laughs> sock. How do teenage boys know what ankle socks like, are? There's a look, you know. There's an yeah. effort being put in there, you know. So it's just mm. it just changes and ticks over yes. all the time. And in in the real world, um, I know that doesn't mean anything, but I used to enjoy being in Brown Thomas on a Saturday morning, not because I would be shopping, but I liked to go downstairs to the men's department because it was just regardless of social status class, your accent in Dublin, it is young men. And I'm talking 16 to 24 year olds buying up the whole shop. It's fascinating and they're so into their labels but the label can't be too overt and it's fascinating like it's we have that in this house with sneaker heads my husband collects sneakers so there's a really interesting kind of male thing about particular kinds of styles and particular kinds of labels that sort of show an interest and an and like a this isn't just a super box fresh white pair of nike airs or nike air jordans this is a like limited edition pair of like Nike Commodore, they're not called Commodores, Nike Command Force, I don't know, carries upstairs. Uh, like they've all got mad long names, you know, and there's people who stay up overnight. Like when I lived in San Francisco, there'd be, uh, I worked on a street that had loads of sneaker stores and you would get up in the morning for, for work and be walking up the street at eight o'clock and there'd be people, lads, all lads, all the way down the line, queuing up for new releases of sneakers. Do you know? So like, and weirdly enough, in Dublin, the place you to go to get the weird kind of limited run Nikes is Brown Thomas. So it's Brown still like Thomas. that. It's still like yes. that. Downstairs and that really um, particular kind of collector energy that lads have. You yes. Know? It's nice. Mm-hmm. And it's knowing, I've seen guys kind of give each other the nod. You know, the, you know, the people who like to run tackies that, who they, oh, are they the, nice, well done. Fair play to you. And it is very much like the, it seeks. I just find it so funny that we separate the sexes so much when we both do the exact same thing. Like exactly. when you're on those gender lines, it's so funny. But I do like seeing the nod. The oh, I got, I got, I understand you. I, we'd get along. Fair play to you. Once um, I had it, some lad. I was on. A, I was at a festival and I was wearing a pair of Nike Air Pegasus Sunsets, which are still lovely and they're so old, but and they're put away because they will. They're nearly at the end of their lives, and somebody uh, who a lad who was wearing the same ones stopped and gave me a little like. Nightgare Sunsets. And I was like, Nightgare Sunsets. Okay, I have to Google them. They are lovely. Nightgare Sunsets. Um, They're like a purple fading into gold. Are they Pegasus? I have the Pegasus ones, but there was a whole range of them. Nightgare Pegasus Sunset. Is that them? Oh. No, that's not them. Oh, if you open up, they're Nike S Pegasus 83. 83? Yeah. 1983. Those ones? 
Sorry, this is a podcast, so this is of no use. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put it in I'm the probably show not showing it right, but they're black yeah. with like luminous um, yeah. orange. They're beautiful, aren't they? Savage. Like, so you oh, get yeah. them they're in. Amazing. You get them in in like Air Maxes and in high tops as well. But like the lad who stopped me, we, he just put his foot next to my foot, and he was wearing the same sneakers, and I was just like, in this moment, I'm you like, knew. Yeah, we knew. You knew. Like, it was the real deal. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at pictures of Davina. I've, I have Davina just on my phone here. <laughs> but like, just looking great. Guys, she is really fresh faced. It's almost like there's not a pick of makeup on her. Do you know? She's half French. So. Okay. That's probably part of it. <laughs> that's it. That's what it is. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I, I, I lead with that a lot about Davina sometimes because I'm just like, <laughs> lads, come on now, stop. Give us a second. Just give us a bit. It's French. And they're like, oh, you get it straight oh. away when you say, hmm. when you say that someone. Has that little bit in them? It's like we can't, we can't all look French like that. Right. No, you yeah. can't. You can't sort with that it out. Bob, especially. Are you serious? Of course, it's French. She you know, just gets away with so much. But she just, she made you want people to find each other. Like she made me mm. want them to get the shift. I didn't want any couples to be made, even though it was odd. You know, sometimes she'd go back seven months later and they'd still be together. Like, I wonder real how marriages people- came out of it. I've been looking at that, Alan. Did you see any of this? Like, I've been I had a look. I couldn't people. find anything. There was a Telegraph article, but it was paywalled. So that was it. Yeah. And no one's going to paywall the Telegraph in Ireland. And if they do, no. what are you doing living in Ireland? Um, yeah. So uh, there's, I can't find anything like that. I just found the people who used to be actors. I went Googling the people that got involved in Limerick. Cannot find them. Uh, mm. But I remember the guy who did it, Simon, he says in the episode, there's no good looking women in Limerick. No. That's his opener. That's, yeah. that's how we all feel about Limerick. Is that there's no good coming in hot? In Limerick. He's coming in hot with a bold statement, a bold <laughs> false statement. It's been like I'm just going to say something and see how it lands. And, you know? and he ends up meeting one of the most mythical creatures, which is the perfect Limerick woman, whereby her mom is her best friend. Do you know? The neighbor comes in for there's wine. They talk openly. You are not getting a shift for like five months. That's not <coughs> happening. Do you know, it's not. She goes to mass with her mom on a Sunday to Alphonse Street. So Adele, there was no shifting going on there. Nothing like that happening. There's and an amazing thing that the editors do on that one where, you know, yeah. when they go to the, the person's house and they give the first name whoever they're talking to. And so it's like Adele, sister, Mary, ma'am. And then she says, Mary Wilson, the neighbor, just have Mary Wilson as the subtitle for her. Yes, so funny. <laughs> so this is my neighbor, Mary Wilson. They go, Mary Wilson. <laughs> but it's it's this nostalgia and watching it right now i think people might get something out of it because all four Mm. first of all is one of the greatest streaming services of all time if you need it um and especially for people who have gone to college in certain places like going to cork and seeing it like Mm. when they went to galway i was looking at them walking into the front door they went to the gpo on their night out like she's just walking up and down shop street and it it, it hit me it hit me in my heart and it gave mm. me this free loving world where instagram wasn't a thing where getting followers didn't matter where it was all about the whole episode in galway and i hadn't seen one episode like this and i've watched so many of them everyone she speaks to is hungover 
everyone she speaks to and like that we've got so Davina yeah like so it lives up to the stereotype so beautifully oh, that it's like um are you all right are you all right why are your sunglasses on I'm bloodshot as fuck what were you doing last night and you know you've got a former addict here and Davina just handles it so well it's like yeah. nothing whenever she's cheersing someone you always see her put her glass back down like it's yeah. you know you look for those little cues but in Galway she's just I'm always fascinated because she's doing it without drink <laughs> she's in the middle of the street running into shops grabbing people and Galway just running into traffic yeah. running into traffic <laughs> and Galway did itself proud you know think Alan it looked great I I missed the Galway one I watched oh. Cork, Limerick, Dublin and Belfast but okay Galway, Galway it, yeah. it made me proud of being a, mm-hmm. a former college student of Galway because it was like yeah well done lads <laughs> whoa I just wanted to see Ward's roles pop up um and she goes around and she just and she wants people to have a shift and have a chat. Mm. But lads, you'd forget it's worth watching it to realize that the time before real out like they all cared about their outfits and they put makeup on. But it's it wasn't for Instagram. Between, yeah, between caring mm. about your outfits because you want the people who are around you to think you look sick, as opposed to I want this outfit to tip the algorithm of the internet into such a way that more people will feed me serotonin. Do you know? Like yes. Like I want the I want this outfit to live on for weeks and weeks, so people can continue to tell me that I looked sick at this one particular moment. Do you know? Mm. It's very the performance isn't just this it's not just the one night out where you go and you try and look amazing with your friends for the magic of the one night out there's an a, a longevity and again it, it kind of not that it quite kills spontaneity but like if you were on reality tv now or if you were stopped for a vox pop and you were fucking hung out of, over out of your bin and you wouldn't take your sunglasses off and you were like fucking blood shot man there is a fraction of a chance but it's still a chance that that gets capped out of context put in a tiktok repeated on loop the sound of it used again for other people like yeah nothing only happens once if there's a camera yeah and it can play on forever so how so how can people react uh, relax of course people are more performative now intensely so Mm. um because we all know (laughs) Well, we all know, you, you know, you want to get a free outfit from Pretty Little Thing at the end of it, lads. What's the point What's the point of being in this world if you can't? And it's just so odd because I don't know if you ever watched this, another show that I was obsessed with, Passion Fashion, Passion Fashion on TG oh, yeah. Car. Mm-hmm. You know, obsessed. right, Alan? So I was in yeah. college in Galway yeah. and they shoot it around Galway an awful lot. So we'd like follow them. Mm-hmm. Passion Fashion, Asquilga, Sheila Shoiga, taking guys. Oh, she was so good, wasn't she, I Alan? Gorgeous. She'd take guys, they'd have to pick an outfit for a girl and she decided which outfit she liked the best and whichever guy had picked that outfit, that's the person she went on the date with. Listen to that setup, it's Sarah. So <laughs> and that it's all is... Gwailgoers or guys who have just enough Gwailga to get Just enough Gwailga. Like yeah. the the researchers were always around college just going, can you speak, can you speak, who can speak an Irish to get away with yeah. this? The lads had no concept of layering or of cold weather. At all. And in Galway, both of those things are yeah. extremely important, <laughs> yes. I have to say. Yes. Was like, there was a lot of big belts. It's like mm. they wanted to go out with someone from the WWE. It was mostly <laughs> a fascinating. Yeah. That's a time thing as well, though. There was, was a period, time. I feel like, where creative yeah. belting was taken to the next kind of level, like where everything oh, yeah. had a giant belt, mm. even mm. if you didn't have a, like, a, I remember kind of a few times being like, this is not, like, it's too long. It's almost corsetry. Do you know? It's yeah. like, yeah. This, is, this is the whole mm. rib cage. 
It makes no sense. And those round ones that were just round loops that went the whole way. So bonkers. But it was six euro on pennies and they came in every colour. I know them very well. But this was I like if if I had to put something up there with Streetmate as my favorite dating shows of all time, Passion Fashion Mm -hmm. is is deaf, isn't it? Just so I always wanted to come back. What a concept. Yeah. What happened was the presenter before Sheila Shoga left because of because she was very religious and they wanted to do an episode with a gay couple and she refused. No way. Yeah. Wow. Which Streetmate didn't do. If Davina came, mm. if the person Davina picked was gay or bi, they would just go with it straight away. No questions, no yeah. judgment, no... They, she wouldn't change the approach in any way whatsoever. The Dublin episode was a gay guy. Yeah. And so, didn't you love yeah. that from the very first episode, she ran up to someone, she was like, because it was a girl who was straight, and she was like, I'm sorry, are you straight? Like straight away mm. in 1998, there was no wow. issues... There, it was because I tried to think back to 1998. And I know we're coming at it with an Irish perspective, but even like you're talking Brookside with uh, with Anna Friel was only a few years before that. What 1994, 1992? Mm. Like it was still a big deal. And mm. for Davina, again, it was that Channel Four mentality where they didn't yeah. give a shit. They're like, yeah. "Don't care. We're not like the other stations." I loved that, but yeah, the Dublin one was that was amazing with the Dublin. Look at how forward thinking they are, like you know, and how how much risky, like not real risky, but like for for the time and for the conservatism of television. Exactly how risky they were. So in some ways, it makes perfect sense that they pioneered Big Brother here. That of course they did. Like that's the biggest risk payoff. Yeah. Is that it's like let's put a bunch of people in a house and see what happens, and then it changes the world you know like so that kind of riskiness requires nearly a kindness for people and you know like bar bar divina what is your standout person from big brother like do you brian have dowling. one brian dowling funniest person i've ever seen in my mm. life i'm brian, brian dowling and bubbles yeah uh, and a little bit the uh what was her name the she was uh nikki I remember Nikki. Oh, no, I Nikki. like Nikki. Yeah. Nikki Graham was brilliant. Yeah. She's so petulant and funny. But Brian Dowling, we had uh, we go through tolls. We go through tall tales. Um, and Cassie is fabulous. They're a producer, and she runs a Hi, podcast Cassie. with Brian Dowling on the network. And he came into our. I used to we, death becomes the pandemic, him. Yeah. Yeah, in mm. the old in the old times, um, we used to have a big office um, on uh, uh, South uh, the South Circular Road next to Brother Hubbard. And one day he just walked in and I was sitting behind my desk like, oh my God, it's Brian Dowling. Like, because I watched Big Brother, his season Big Brother when I was like thir- 12 or 13. Yeah. And I was just like, that's fucking Brian Dowling. From Big yeah. Brother. From Big Brother. He was in the Big Brother house with Anna. Like, I remember all that, like, clear as a bell, you know? Yep. And he was really funny and really charismatic and really kind, you yeah. know? And that's why he lasted, like. Um, and he so is I remember that, that just, charismatic in real life. Like, that's the thing. Yeah addresses the whole room when he comes in how's it going got like really warm-hearted really sweet and i was just like melting down that somebody that i'd seen and followed in this what would have been a social experiment how many years like i'm gonna say nearly 20 years ago it did. Uh, yeah because that that uh, that series was the summer that me and carlan started going out nearly 20 so years. we used to like stay up and watch the live feed and e4 and text each other like till two in the morning. And I'm I'm yeah. actually no, about to cry on their Nokia thirty two tens texting each other throughout the night. That's what expensive. you gonna need for? That's yeah. expensive as well for the time that it's in, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's lots of credit. How much yeah. I was just about to say, how much a text? Eight cent? A text? For the thirteen? I think it might have been twelve text cent, was it? Oh um, Yeah, when I went to college we had to issue a max twenty texts a day rule. Cause and then like fifteen euro credit a week <laughs> would so get you just now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
that that's actually that one of the so most romantic, romantic things I've ever heard <laughs> yeah. from the early noughties. That is great. Mm-hmm. A relic of the time, like the weight of the phone in your hand, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh Are you going God. on Meteor 2? Are you going on Meteor 2? We'll get free text we to each did. other. Yeah. Change your change your relationship. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 085 in it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. 085. Like, like Whopping it. Our relationship predates yeah. camera phones. Predates wow. camera like, phones and it predates mm. Cardi B's WAP to what WAP originally was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, who knows what it was meant to do on those phones? It was a little sick. It was just, I, I used to press it and be like, What's this do? And then you'd open your thing and oh, your credit's gone. Because you press the wrong button. <laughs> like, they were like little puzzle anything. boxes. Didn't know what the fuck yeah. they were. No. And then you download a song and you'd be like, oh, I've just spent 20 euro. Or you'd, oh, sure. you'd, you'd get the numbers tone. for the song, the ringtone. And you'd yeah. be like, how did my, what? How? Or five, five, five. Eight, like to play the different musical notes. Like, yeah, yeah. Or you'd get your, um, your oh, Nokia could have, yeah. I had 007 on mine. And that was the like pixels, that's the sick. pixels. That's that was like seven yeah. pounds. <laughs> Lad. There's a bit in one of the season one episodes of Street where Davine just goes around asking people to sing their ringtones for her. Oh, yeah. Because ringtones are a new thing. That's amazing. <laughs> and this is like a new innovative content for 1998. It's a total time warp, but it. Yeah. Mm. Isn't it a beautiful time to spend time in, in the company of her, Alan? Like it's. Yeah. It's so I wish nice. they had her for the bits where they go to people's houses as well to they, go meet the moms and the friends. They do. In so, I remember some episodes in the later series. They definitely did because she didn't mm. start doing. She does this thing where she goes when people say yes, she goes street mate. But that didn't yeah. start for a while. And I remember mm-hmm. her going to people's. Oh, she went afterwards. She never went to meet them, did she? Yeah, she's going to meet them afterwards. Yeah, yeah. They do a yeah. little catch up. Where she should yeah. have been where there be, with the family. She used to be so nice to them afterwards. Like she's just like very like hands on the arms. Like, so how was yeah. it? Have you talked to them? Was your numbers and stuff? Psychologists. The houses, it makes you really like, again, like we're talking about like being pre-Instagram, also pre-Tiger and Ikea in all those student houses. Wow. It's a real snapshot of like student houses in the late, late 90s. That's... Everything is like brown and like 15 years old in those houses. Like it's real. Every glass real is robbed from a pub. Uh, yeah. There's ashtrays <laughs> everywhere. everywhere mm-hmm. Like the furniture is from grandparents. Like nothing has ever been changed yeah. yeah, it's all, it's gross and posters. The smoking is the really difficult and strange thing about watching though. I'm off the cigarettes nearly a year, so nearly the pandemic, the whole, well the whole done. thing. Thank you. I, um, I hate it. I, I love smoking um, and I hate not doing it. There you go. <laughs> but I'll never do it again because I'm what? Vain. And <laughs> that's what I just want to preserve my skin. Uh, but it is odd watching television from that time and people will just smoke Indoors. People are smoking indoors. They're smoking as they are talking. It's not taboo. It's not like, are you smoking? Like it's, of course you're smoking. It's 1999. Everyone smokes. <laughs> like it's very, very different uh, set of like etiquette nearly. Like smokers don't go out with non-smokers now. Like it's, it's non-smokers mm. won't shift a smoker. Like it doesn't really happen anymore. I don't think if you're in your early 20s. The judgment is uh, phenomenal. I asked somebody, I was at a a work thing and I asked somebody to go out for a smoke with me two years ago. I was, because I was, that's honestly why I kept smoking, just from the nerves, you know, it's a great, great excuse to leave a room. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said to the person that I was talking to, I was like, do you want to come out for a smoke? And she looked at me and she went, smoke? In 2019? I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, you're right. (laughs) 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 Shit. Shit. Ah. No, I can't. This, oh, 
this isn't cool anymore <laughs> you know but it was do you know what it did it took a while to work but my god it worked do you know like what a put down because it is it's very different now to be a smoker than it was back then Oh, it is. But they you can see that people who don't smoke and people who do, and most of them do smoke, um, but they'll 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 ki- kiss and shit like they will shift. It won't make a difference. Like the, mm. the smoker mm. won't that won't be a deal breaker for them, whereas now it's an absolute deal breaker for someone. It's a lifestyle choice as opposed yeah. to just <laughs> a thing that you absolutely do. It's like an extra. Another way you might have done hockey or basketball or running or, or Gaelic. Extracurricular activity. It's it was an extracurricular activity. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly, exactly what smoking was. It was like exactly. See you there. Excellent. See you up in Gary on Rugby Club. Go for a few smokes. Nice one. Perfect. Like that's what people did. I saw two again on my. Well, this is my only outdoor activity. Going on long walks. Sorry, about the exact same road that I was talking to you about the cool lads with their cool clothes. I walked by two children who were absolutely twelve, wearing this like their big slick goose down jackets and their white runners in like Dublin eighteen. Come on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like posh yeah. the boys. Yeah. Cheeky smoke on the side of the road. No. I was like, in 2021, huh? You know, like, there you are. But the, do you not find it weird? Old. But do you not find it weird when you see, like last year, I remember seeing, or two years ago, whatever, seeing secondary school children smoking. And there was only like two that I'd seen. But like a few years ago, yeah, absolutely. But now it feels like wow. they're being judged by their peers for smoking because it's like, lads, we don't do that. Yeah, we take ecstasy mm. at the weekend, but we don't smoke. You know, it's we got to keep the body prescribed in shape. It for therapy. You know, it's, it's you know? holistic. Yeah. Oh, holistic. That's it. I remember yeah, being at Longitude. MDMA. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's, um, I remember being at Longitude when Longitude was changing from an indie festival into a dance festival. And um, and there was these kids there. And obviously we were old ones and all that kind of stuff. But these young ones. And they would have one pint, two max, because they would get off their tits because they had to go to the gym the next day. Oh, no, I'll be able to get up to the gym. So we'll take a couple of pills later on. Um, and I'll only have the one point. Yeah, that's grand. But it was the way they equivocated about it. There was no smoking. There was that. It was just about getting their bodies right for Instagram. Look, ketamine never dams into your skin, right? I don't. I mean, it's fine. Like, you know, so. everything else. But what, I, a, what, a te- what a terrible, like, a false equivalency that is then. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it was like, a, what a heartbreaker. fascinating conversation. Like, we sat there yeah. for way longer than we should have. Because um, like, that's. It was really weird, but that's another thing that happens in Street Mate, which is really weird, which I quite like, is that Davina runs up to people and then she's like, what age are you? And they're like 16. She's like, shit. She goes mm-hmm. running away. She's like, she'll cover them sometimes. She's like, don't look, don't, yeah. look, don't look at them. I got it wrong. I got it wrong. She'll run off. There's but it's one guy innocent. and he keeps on picking 17 year olds back and he's like 25 and he does it like three times. No. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. But Davina oh, no. can't tell that she's young either. Yeah. See, it's yeah. a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one, but there was, it was. Especially there's so little differentiation in like fashion between like sixteen to twenty four year olds then as well. Like every is in the same shop. There's not like boohoo pretty little thing River Island. There's all there's like two shops that you're buying clothes from. That's so. it, and the makeup is yeah. pretty much non-existent and the same. Mm. If that makes sense, so everyone does yeah, kind yeah. of, it's all fresh faced. So even mm-hmm. like some of the 25 year olds, I was like, they, well, that's what happens when you age yourself. But I was like, Jesus, they look like they're 15. Yeah, no. they're glowing. Yeah. It's glowing. Even though Absolutely they're all glowing. fucking smoking like troopers. But anyway. Because um, you can when you're that age. You can. It doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> you don't absorb it. It doesn't go directly into the skin. 
No, it just peels off you. It's fine. Like, <laughs> Christ. But it is. And I, I think people do look younger then as well. Anything that I've watched from that time and the bits of Street Mate that I've watched, they all just look like little babies because I think the way makeup is now ages us end up, right? Like any television makeup or any Instagram makeup, as they call it, is not viewable. It should not be viewable from the side profile under any circumstances. It's not designed to be looked at from the side, you know? And the Why? Tell me this. Makeup, I don't know this. What's this? What's up? Why, Instagram why? makeup... Because you're yeah. not, the selfie looks like this. Yeah. It doesn't look like this. And the depth of field that you use when you're contouring, the drag depth of field, like it doesn't, it doesn't work in the same way to the side. Oh. Now it might work like at this angle. Sorry, listeners, I'm tilting my head slightly to the side, but it doesn't work like at that angle. How many Instagram selfies do you see of girls that are like full on side of the coin? Not many. That's because the makeup does not work from the side. It works from the front. And part of that is stage. It's because it's, it's, it's stage makeup. It's screen makeup. It's very, very dense. So when you see it in real life, when you're looking at people up front, they look stunning and heavily done. But when it's the side, it's all stripes. It's very well blended stripes, but it's all stripes. I'm fascinated. Because up here now... you have an eyeliner, then you have a blush, and then you have a contour, and then you have a bit of highlighter. You know, you've got all the all the lines i've never so thought about this before in my yeah, entire life it's 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 odd looking so then when you see young people or and, and young women on the television in the 90s and they're just wearing like a bit of tinted moisturizer and a bit of mascara <laughs> yes! they look great because they're not like i love makeup and i think makeup is fantastic and i love I, yes like i love it like dear jesus christ i love loads of makeup and i wear loads of makeup i'm no more am i above it but i do feel kind of nostalgic for a time in which it was really just a little bit because you didn't have but anymore. It's also standard definition cameras, you know, as well. Oh God, they're great. There, I remember when HD camera, when all the like US shows switched to HD in the chat oh, and stuff. Crazy. There was a, I remember the story about being a rush of like actors and actresses getting Botox because suddenly you could see everything, everything that the SD cameras just weren't picking up on them. It's yeah. brutal. Every time I get mm. a new phone, every couple of years I get a new phone, I'll be like confronted with myself in a way that <laughs> the mirror simply doesn't. Like, yeah. I love, I love an old kind of blocky, um, like that, that, those standard definition cameras are stunning. They're really yeah. kind to people. Well, there's no yeah. need for the, cause I, I remember those, that story specifically. And they started, they were like, is this why, is this why Nicole Kidman's face? Sorry. They alluded obviously to Nicole yeah. Kidman being like, well, is this why she looks like this now in mm -hmm. the most, you know, punch you in the face illusion in the entire world that the Daily Mail can get away with. And um, basically saying that she changed her whole face just because of the high definition cameras. But it's funny when you then see what it can do and you look into it and the cameras that they have got in, involved in some HBO dramas now that kind of. That kind of then it's like filters are put on it even more. Mm. Yeah, they look even and it looks even less realistic. There's, a, there's an even further chasm. Yeah, it's weird. Like it's it's so weird when you're just like, why? I don't want my TV to look hyper realistic. No, I, mm. I don't want them to seem like they're doing Westworld at the end of my table. I'm fine. I that's in a different place. I'm absolutely grand with that. Um, so, yeah, that is that is weird. But there's something there is something so lovely about thinking that that person just got up put on a bit of makeup, took five minutes and then went out the door to work and was happy out for the rest of the day mm. rather than it taking up their whole life and mm. realizing that this was all just a bit of crack 
um, that the repercussions weren't there. Your life wasn't going to be destroyed because you were a little bit of a dick because we're all dicks, let's be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you don't deserve to be taken down all the time for being a bit of a dick. Like, can you imagine now? They would not have been able to put on the fact that a guy or a girl had chosen someone who was under 18. That wouldn't it wouldn't that be would funny. Be edited out. It wouldn't be funny. It would be yeah. edited. It'd be gone. Yeah. Like it'd and be it absolutely was gone. Completely. But it was pure accidental. Like when I was 17, I went out with guys who were 21, you know, or I was shifting guys who were 21. It it it's those lines, it's that that blurring. And it was also the 90s and noughties, and it was weird. Yeah. Not weird. It was huge, just normal. But, but it was it was it was hugely different. And as well, you, that would be keep in mind. It would be it wouldn't be fleeting. Davina Davina Cobb being like, "Don't look at her. Get away," which is funny, um, because it's two seconds of somebody's life. It's not the beyond end all, right? Yes. It's just like a moment. Now imagine that is taken out of, taken out of the show, put into a video and played into infinity, into infinity, into infinity, into infinity. You know, mm. there was something of lightning in a bottle about fleeting things like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anybody was the worst for, please correct me if I'm wrong, I'm wrong but I don't think anybody was the worst for aware of Davina McCall jumping in front of him in the street. You know, like it's a, um, it's a really, we had, we have this, this chat again with, with Eurotrash where we were like, it was just silly, you know, it was just a lightness to it. Yeah. And I think there has to, now, obviously in the year of our Lord 2021, you know, in the, the year anniversary of the pandemic, we also, the silliness and the place of lightness and the place of silliness and the place of ephemeral television is, who knows what that is right now. But I think that, that there's something almost kind of holy on looking back at something like, how did that even happen? And everyone just forgot. Yeah. And it was just like, poof, gone. That's it. You know, and, and I would there's... be interested to see how we get back there, if we get back there. I don't think we can because they, like they brought Streetmate back with Holly Willoughby in 2007 love holly it didn't work then they tried it again in 2017 with scarlett moffat scarlett moffat has great energy isn't she she kind of brilliant energy yeah like so good but again it just can't work because no one's willing it's like what's in it for me why am i doing this what there always has to be a goal at the end of it rather than an experience to enjoy and they pre-picked the first person in each one of those ones in scarlett moffat's one so they already had the person with someone who deployed yeah. Which changes the dynamic completely from the start. Yeah. So because if you yeah. look at certain things, like you could see around that time, the same people, and, and certainly I would know it from from working in television and basically spending my whole life watching television, is the same people pop up again and again. And yeah. like we all know, and it's kind of like, okay, you're you're striving for the something that hits. So is that you you mm. you get that fame or whatever. So you'll see it in the UK all the time. You're like, I've seen you somewhere else. Where have I seen you before? Yeah, and you're like, oh, you're on that show, and you're on that show, and you were on that show, and oh, that's love Island contestants, especially, yeah, yes, like ex- whatever they've done on MTV before, but it felt yeah. like that with Scarlett Moffat as well. It's like you've popped up somewhere else before, and you're mm. applying to everything, and that takes away the beauty of the show. It takes away everything from the show. I have a big like soft spot for her because for she was she was so good in the jungle. My mom loved her, and was just like she was so good in that. I'm uh, the I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here! Like she was just like, I don't know, like nice or something. But again, she's, yeah. she was somebody who came through a goggle box. Like she became her career goal was to be a reality TV lady, you know, like and that just or that's what it seemed like. She was in loads of things. Well, and, I don't uh, think it was for her. I think with her, she just all oh, right, goggle box hit, and then it became a thing. And then it came on. Then yeah, she becomes so good. Like you're like, okay, I've got to lose goggle box now, but I get to do this, and I will become a presenter of things because so she maybe is she's the ideal. So fab. 
she's, she's the ideal iteration. But yeah. I'm not kind of talking about her. I'm talking about the people who applied to be set up on dates. Uh, That's what I'm talking okay. about. Like they yeah, pop yeah. up on shows left, right and center. And then you'll be like, were you an extra in Holby City? And were you like they just pop up in places. Mm-hmm. And that's whereas this person that was in season one, Joe Bobbin, she just she ran up to her. Will you go on a date? Will you will you go and pick someone to go on a date? And she was just walking back to work after lunch. And she was like, yeah, it wasn't to get fame from it. It was pure, mm-hmm. even though she was an actor herself. She was like, I'm not going to get it. Now, it's not in her IMDb page either. She's not proud of it. Ah. <laughs> I was like, Joe, why isn't Davina no, on your IMDb Joe. page? Come yeah, on, yeah. you were there, you did it. So I just, I don't think that's there. I think the people who apply for these things now want to be famous or they are courted by producers to be a certain way. Like we're not seeing, we're not seeing people now that are plucked out of nowhere like a Brian Dowling, mm. you know, that are sort of... Yeah, those like- a miracle Even of by Big Brother, by like season three or four of Big Brother, it was all the serial appliers. Like season one and two are perfect and untouchable. Yeah. Yes. But once you get past there, it's people who have an eye on the afterwards rather than just the experience of doing it for themselves. Yeah. And I think that's why is that like we've just accepted constructed reality so much now that you're like, mm. OK, if we're watching Selling Sunset, it isn't reality TV. There's probably an awful lot more work put into it because they have to reset it like a TV show time and time again and do the scene over and over and over again. But where are we moving to next with reality TV? Because we all know it's not real and it is a drama. Yeah, does it get crueler? Does it get more complicated? Like what way does it work? You know, like I think it's uh and where does it intersect with social media like where does it like if there's one thing i've learned for sure in with with the pandemic is that this is like you could turn this into reality tv do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. just it, it, this it, the more it is about, the more freaked out i get it, it, it this kind of is in its way you know it is so, for like, so many people they're living vicariously through those circles on instagram or on tiktok or whatever the hell they're on and and there's no judgment. That's what that's where you get your stuff. But it is all reality TV all the time. And I know that there's one person who who's going on about how Instagram is so fake and people aren't. I'm like, because they're constructing a reality for you to enjoy. They're putting time into that. Like everyone's a producer now and fair play to them if they're going to do that. You know, our innate storytelling ability has sort of like transposed itself. You know, yes. it's just like evolved very sharply to correspond and some of it is absolutely fantastic mm. some of it's but has great. that led to better drama you know no. have, have <laughs> we, are no. we seeing but no. are we seeing television shows that you're like okay that's better for reality tv because that is so parked over there that you get you get one division as your payoff or something like that maybe maybe reality tv and uh, tv and like constructed like scriptwriter, like drama series have just there's oh, no, yeah. there's nearly no intersection point anymore exactly yeah. because like they, they thought the drama diverged. they thought drama was dead in the early mid noughties because of that writer strike that led to reality tv and they were like drama is going to be over because this is so cheap to produce but as reality tv has become more and more expensive to produce because it's constructed and drama kind of had to go well we've got to up our game we can't just do this anymore that it's led to this golden age of drama and I think we've got to thank mm. reality TV for it even if it we had to deal with Donald Trump as a result of it you know what I mean yeah yeah. I guess lots of drama now is like places that would never allow a reality TV show in like the Murdochs you get succession because you will not get a reality TV show about the Murdochs so you get succession Yeah, you know or 
that kind of thing yeah sorry you just said it and i got a shiver down my spine yeah sorry, my sorry. mind is like blown out of my ears like <laughs> they won't although you kind of sit there one day going oh god the reality tv are going to get into the murdochs and it's going to be true wendy Deng, wendy deng's young ones i think oh yeah that's true that's what i keep on looking at i'm like are they going to get in there mm-hmm. through them somehow uh, she won't, she won't put up with us. Or something. Yeah. Uh, no, Wendy has her own Wendy plan. won't yeah. put up with that, I don't think. No. No. Like, she'd mm. she'd absolutely lose it. I don't think that they're... It'd be fascinating, though, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. The fact that they like... A lot of them like Succession is fascinating to me. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's narcissistic to like mm. it, but I'd say a lot of it like it like it as well from a really humorous point of view of going he is like that he has done that how did they get that right how do they know that because mm. the more and more you listen you know the way the podcast now are just dissecting Murdoch's so much and it is like whatever he's done to the world he's he's a thoroughly fascinating man like mm. he he really is rife on what Brian Cox has done with him that's I I I don't know. And you don't know where succession is going to go because what are they going to do to him? Like mm. Rupert Murdoch is still alive. Are they going to give him his ultimate comeuppance while he's here? And he is sort of losing his empire in front of our eyes right now with the deals he's doing. Uh, I think it's fa- anyway, it's fascinating. But that could be yeah. a, that could be our payoff, our runoff from reality TV, which I kind of think is amazing. Hmm. There we go. I think we've thoroughly dissected Streetmate. I'm really sorry. I don't know where that one. And the wider power of reality it's, TV no, is a consequence. Yeah, 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 this is yeah. exactly right. That's, you're exactly, you were at the beginning, you were like, oh yeah, it's not really, it's not as, you know, as deep as Buffy. It's like, and then it's like, this is how reality TV works. <laughs> so thank you for coming on that rabbit hole with us. It's perfect. I am, I am, my brain is, is whirring over. And every time I watch a drama series, I'll be firmly one foot in knowing that it can exist because of how reality TV Yes, works. it is. It can exist because of X on the beach. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, we got to say thank you for WandaVision. Thank you. Thank you, X on the beach for WandaVision. I appreciate Our it. Lord and Savior, Davina McCall, in the <laughs> background, like benevolently <laughs> raising her arms like Saint Davina. <laughs> she brought us here. She brought she us is, here. She is the queen of reality TV. She yep. always will be. Always and I love her be. for it. But this was a wild ride, guys. Streetmate. Yes, Thank you so much for coming. Please, Streetmate. 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 Uh, <laughs> please smoke no your things. For Tell us where to find you. <laughs> um, you can find me on uh, do a podcast called Let's Solve Nothing. Um, if you're listening to this, I know that you're an avid watcher of the Six O'Clock Show on Virgin Media One every single weekday. <laughs> and I'm on Instagram and that sort of stuff. Doing, you know, stuff. Doing that thing where I where I put my makeup on so that it looks good from the front. One angle mm-hmm. only. Me too. That's exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. I've been conveniently wearing hats online. Nobody knows what I've done to my hair. Only you two. <laughs> all construction. We're all constru- We're all constructing an online image. We're there you go. I, I was like, oh, Sarah's going to a hat thing right now. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They put up a picture of me and the dog. The top of my head is cut out of the image. Why? Like, it's real bad right now man let's not why do you not like what's happening there this is it's in progress it's fine it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine 
I just need to let everyone know that there is an amazing fringe quiff going on and there are colors and there is it's it's like our colors. There's like her Nike. Your head is like the Nike Pegasus. Like your sunset. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't what I was going for. (laughs) But here we are. Uh, Thank you so much. Where can find me on the Internet, on Instagram? Don't expect any selfies for the next three months, but that's where I am. And I just got a puppy. So you like dogs. I'm at Gripsky on Instagram, at at Gripsky on Twitter, at Sarah Gripsky on Instagram and my books are in all bookshops. Alan McGuire, where can we find you? Uh, I'm Alan underscore McGuire everywhere. Um, I'm, yeah, slowly losing my mind on all <laughs> social media platforms at once. Um, Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter, Juvenalia pod on Instagram. Uh, we have a Patreon with bonus episodes. Our last one went up. Uh, what was that about? Our what did we one? talk about? <laughs> oh man, time is a flat circle. Time we is a did flat circle. Uh, we definitely talked <laughs> For a while, we did we about for like something. Two hours about something. Trolls, yeah. hair, runners, I, games, video games. I don't even video think it games. was. Al. I don't think our it was, last actual episode it. was about Joseph in his second color dream coat. Yes. Um, Which, when I, I heard, when your mind blew when you heard about Philip Schofield, Sarah, I was like, she's not going to make it through the episode. She's just going to be thinking about Philip Schofield the whole time. <laughs> I know she's frozen there, but that's all I could think oh, yeah. when I was listening. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where there's like just a couple of years between me and Sarah and that not knowing about Philip Schofield, but knowing about Joseph is like a prime example of that. Yeah. Mm. Makes all the um, Okay, Sarah just texted me her laptop has died. She's so Sarah gone. Is gone. So but luckily we only have two more things to do. We'd say thank you to Dean McDonald for our artwork and thank you to uh Cassia Tall Tales for us being a Tall Tales podcast. And then um, that's the end of the episode, so it's fine. Uh, thank you so much, Mern. <gasps> thank this you so delight. much, Alan and Sarah. It was so good to talk to you. And thank you for indulging yeah. me in my 90s hook people up fantasies. Thank you for introducing me to Streetmate. It was amazing. I'm obsessed. Uh, so we'll see you in two weeks, everybody. Streetmate. Bye. Bye.